Listener Production. I want to acknowledge something going into this episode. This series is all about finding ways to be the best version of you, despite what challenge life throws at you. And today's episode is about the deeply hurtful challenge of a relationship breakup. But I want to be honest and say that I've been married for 21 years. So while I know what it is to work very hard to stay in a relationship, I don't know what it's like to separate from a person I thought I was building a life with, a person that I had or maybe still deeply love. And I can imagine how deeply painful and destabilizing that is. Obviously, I have witnessed it in my dear friends and family, and I hope that I've been helpful to them, but I don't have lived experience here today. I'm here only from the position of inquiry and curiosity, and because I want this conversation to help you if you are still feeling the wounds of having gone through a breakup. My co-host today is Dr. Jamie Lee. Hi there, Jamie. Hi, Joe. Jamie, we have heard so many times, I think particularly during COVID, how important it is to connect and we as humans need to be with each other. But I'd love to know why. What do we get from having that stable relationship with a partner? What is so critical about partner relationships? Humans are social creatures. We need to connect with others. We need to belong. And we also all share a fundamental need for security. And this drives us to seek committed relationships. Now, I'm going to answer your question from a number of different views because this is a complicated and quite an age-old question. From an evolutionary perspective, in the past, humans mated to secure safety or economic stability, to ensure their own survival and accumulate wealth together. A sense of emotional and physical safety is basic to human pleasure and connection. Now let's add on top of that, falling in love. Mm. Mm. You know, it's <laughs> there's, joyous. There's nothing, <laughs> there's nothing that uplifts the human spirit more than falling in love. We seek that giddy, heady, exciting and sometimes scary feeling of falling in love. Hollywood makes millions of dollars out of the idealization of falling in love. And culturally and socially, Seeking a stable relationship is also celebrated, right? Mm. We, we really have big celebrations to, to honour marriage and, and long-term relationships. Yes, that's true. And I feel like when people choose not to do that, often mm. culturally, people wonder why. Why wonder don't you why? want to be with someone else? Why don't you seek a partner, you weirdo? <laughs> that's right. That's right. Now, from a deep perspective, when we seek intimate relationships, We may say that we are being called to ourselves in an intense way. How does that mean? What do you mean by that? Well, we all have needs, wants and desires. Psychologically, these needs, wants and desires are what we unconsciously believe are deficiencies in ourselves. We often walk around with these needs, wants and desires, not even knowing that they're there, We want to fill that gap. And often that is with something of value that is external to you. For example, I want to be successful. I want this person to love me. I want praise. This sense of lack, this deficiency, it it, it feels like a gap. Mm. And it comes from childhood due to traumatic experiences and the surrounding environment. And unless we invest time in our own self-discovery, our own self-awareness, 
we will walk around with these underlying needs, fears, and wants as we go around in this world. So when we meet someone that we deeply connect with, we are unconsciously attracted to the other person because we believe that they will fill some of these gaps. Here's an example. My need is to feel valued, perhaps because I wasn't valued or seen by my parents when I was a kid. So I meet someone who I believe values me. I feel valued because he shows me appreciation and this fills the gap. I feel great. You know, I, I don't even know consciously that I'm filling it with their appreciation. I just feel full. I feel complete. I feel amazing when I'm with the other person. However, unconsciously, I don't see that part of the person that makes me feel my value as separate from me. I actually see it as part of me, filling this missing piece. You know, there's that old saying, you complete me. Yeah, We're right. two halves of a whole. Yeah, so when, when you're meeting someone, you're connecting and sort of merging as, yeah. as two beings. Yes, exactly. Mm. Um, but that, that's not actually true, right? No one else can really complete you, but you feel that. Yeah, you feel that, but also your lives merge. I mean, you yeah. know, everything kind of, you, you as people merge, you start building a life together and so then you kind of build uh, your social lives together and your economic lives mm. and everything comes together as one kind of entity in a lot of ways, which I guess that means it's very traumatic when the relationship breaks up. That's oh, what's, absolutely. Like, you know, there's a lot of loss. A lot of loss. It's heartbreaking. If the relationship ends, you don't feel like you're losing that person. You experience it like it is a loss of yourself because unconsciously you saw that person filling part of you. The lives that you built together was filling part of that gap and part of you. And so now what you feel is that deeper deficiency that you unconsciously carry around with you. That's why it's so painful. Mm, and I'm not sure that people necessarily... Uh able to identify that in themselves and be no. able to articulate that necessarily when they're going through that grief of losing the relationship. But uh, we're really grateful today to have someone with lived experience of a breakup, in this instance a divorce, to generously share his story. Sam, thanks for coming in. Morning. Hi, Sam. Morning. Sam, first, I, I want to say thanks for, to you for telling us what your experience is. And also, I want to acknowledge your well, you're a guy, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> um, and I really think it's valuable to hear a story of breakup and the pain that comes with that from a guy because I don't think that's a perspective often told. Oh, and look, that's a, a big reason why I wanted to speak today is because in my instance, I didn't feel there was a particular avenue and men generally don't speak about breakups or a lot of things. Um, so I just thought when this opportunity arises, let's do this, let's open it up. Because in my eyes, I, I was fortunate enough to have great friends and good family, but, you know, generally when it does happen and, you know, you can either be flawed or be prepared for it. And in my instance, I was relatively flawed and it was great to have those avenues to discuss with. But genuinely, you know, people don't have that. And men, I found, don't talk about it or they they deal with our emotions in different ways. Mm. Yeah. Well, I, I 
really want to acknowledge that. And so we're really grateful. Um, you say you were flawed. How would you describe your experience of breakup? Can you share for us what happened for you? Uh, for, for me, uh, I'm, you know, as it, I thought we were going along well. Uh, and as all relationships do, whether you are married or not, um, uh, some some things may uh, go apart, but however, there is assumption that you are genuinely pushing forward together, uh, and you can work through anything. Um, for my um, for uh, my ex wife, um, I believe that she had felt that way for, a, a, in retrospect, a long time, and so it got to a certain point for her that she did not want to continue with the relationship at all, which was and. I'm able to look at it that way now in a far more pragmatic like light because of time. Mm. But was the surprise to you? For me, it was, um, and that's what stumped me, and that's why I found it ex- I found it extremely hard because I, you know, we're all guilty of not having the perfect relationship all of the time, mm. and you will always have um, disagreements with your partner and so forth. But there's a, a general assumption that you work through them together, especially when you are, you are or have been married. You know, you very much work along the lines of this is this is us. We're together. We work through those things. Mm. But for, for some people. Um, they got to a point and that's that's that. Yeah, wow. If you're not prepared for it, surely it's more painful. Well, for me it was extremely painful um, and, it, and it hurt like hell, both physically and emotionally. I just felt, as Jamie said, uh, extremely just numb, just numb for a long time to try and put it all together. All the literature I've ever read is that when people are going through a breakup is that one particular partner is obviously preparing for it and then the other, it becomes a, a relative, a surprise. Like a blindside. Oh, yes, a blindside, yep. Mm. So you work on the, on the premise that someone's preparing for it emotionally and then the other partner is, it gets a, um, is, is when, it, when it breaks up, it, it's hit. They're just different stages because again, to my ex-wife, probably went through that pain before I did when she had she made that decision. That's time and research and great friends and probably the old beer or two. <laughs> it helps. Mm. That's the way men connect, which is great. You say physically and emotional pain. Well, explain that to us. Well, when you feel nervous, you physically feel it. You'll have butterflies in your stomach and so forth. So for there is a period of time that I just wanted to be in bed. Um, I didn't want to exercise. I didn't particularly want to eat. And so my body was reacting to that. Um, and again, to my head was trying to flick through the reasons why um, and then trying to think back. And then obviously uh, we have children together too. So that also played in the mix. There must have been so many emotions running through you at the same time, right? The anger, potentially a sense of betrayal, the, even the grief, the sadness. Yeah, I never thought of it as, as a betrayal. Uh, I mm. always, but definitely it, it just, it I didn't, I didn't, I very early on felt angry and then it was just great sadness, to be honest, mm. just great sadness. Uh, and it's something that, that, you know, Every now and then, um, it'll come up, and it it never disappears completely. Mm. And how, however full your life is, you mm. will always look back on that. And I look, I potentially now look at it with rose-coloured glasses, you know, and said, I, you know, for the time that I was married, I was happy. 
Um, mm-hmm. But again, too, that's that's not a reality. Mm, that's mm. really interesting because having been in a relationship for 21 years and you're mm. right that uh, you do kind of go along assuming that you'll stay together. Mm. I've never really had that conversation with my husband, but I do, we frequently have marriage counselling because of that, because you can't just assume that everything will stay rosy. Um, but also I've frequently thought to myself, how do you know that you're unhappy enough not to be with someone? Yeah. And and that was a compliment to you, Joe. Many years ago, I did read an article that you mentioned that you and your husband go to marriage counselling regardless of how the marriage is going. Mm. And that just resonated with me because I just, uh, you know, you take your car in for a service, you know, you go and do, you go and see your doctor every 12 months for a checkup, that type of scenario. And why wouldn't you take a pragmatic approach to it, even if your relationship is just swimming along to just go, okay, 12 months, 24 months, let's go off and bring a third party in and have that discussion if there's nothing wrong or maybe there is, but what a wonderful thing to do and I would encourage everyone to do that. Mm. Joe, what prompted you to, to start that? Because I find that very inspirational. Uh, no, well, we, we started going to see a, a couple's therapist because we were unhappy and um, I guess... For us over the last 20 years, it's about being connected and and then that disconnect that can happen for many different reasons, whether it's you're working too hard or whether emotionally we didn't at the start of our relationship really understand how to be vulnerable and emotionally available to each other. Um, There were lots of different reasons why we weren't connecting, but that was sort of the start of our exploration of couples therapy. And, uh, you know, over the years we've kind of grown as people in ourselves, understanding who we are as people and really um, explored each other with great curiosity and just grown stronger and stronger. But it was largely because a a professional showed us how to do that. Um, But I think, Sam, when you talk about the fact that your your ex-wife was perhaps unhappy before you knew, this really makes me question, at what point do you say this is not, working and how do you know that a relationship is a healthy relationship or a non-healthy relationship? Jamie, what would you say makes a healthy relationship? I would say being seen, heard and valued as you are Mm. by your partner, as you are. So without expectations, without projections, um, it, it requires self-awareness and open communication with each other where one intends to continuously discover more and more about oneself and, and your partner. I, I love the work by James Hollis and he calls this radical conversation. And you touched on this, Sam, just then, right, about talking about things. And, and there's three parts that James Hollis refers to. The first one is each partner assumes responsibility for their own mental and emotional well-being. The second is that they commit to sharing the world of their experience without shaming or judging the other person for past wounds or future expectations. And they deeply hear without feeling defensiveness the experience of the other person. And the third part is that they commit to sustaining such a dialogue over time. So this goes to being very proactive in going for couples counselling or or therapy. 
together. So really, it's all about sharing what it's like to be me while hearing what it's really like to be you. ago did you separate? About six, seven years ago. And so tell us about that experience and you, you've shared with us that you were very sad, which, oh God, breaks my heart just thinking what that must have been like for you to mm. be in, you know, not want to get out of bed. I think that is probably a fairly common physical uh, response to the sadness. Jamie? Mm. When the emotion of sadness comes up, you, you feel depressed. Right? And, and with that, there is a sense of lethargy, there's a sense of apathy, and you just have no motivation. Yeah. I, I was physically ill. Mm-hmm. It's a reaction of the body of what you're feeling. Mm-hmm. Uh, how long did that go on for? Um, oh, on and off, you know, a couple of months um, at the start, obviously. And then, you know, I, I had to shake myself. You know, I still need to be a part of life and amazing children. So you focus on that and then you um, become quite pragmatic. In what way? Well, you just, you, you're you not particularly emotional in any way, shape or form. You work through the day, uh, write a list, do what you need to do. And, you know, for me, my answer was work. Uh, and I was able to go, okay, well, I, certain things are out of my hands, but what I can do is just focus in on work and, um, enjoy the routine mm-hmm. uh, where you would sort of wake up and go, okay, I now need to have a coffee. I now need to have breakfast. I get to work. I go and do this. Is I, that the list mm-hmm. that you would write? Like exactly what you were doing in your uh, day? At the start, yes. And then it, it was mentally, I was like, okay, well, that's good. And because how I made up is that I, I've always been that type of person. I, I need to you're an action through. kind of person. Yeah, I, yeah. I'd like to work through things and, and to me writing that down um, maybe was a point of therapy, getting back to a, a, a new normal. I know that's a bit uh, relevant at the moment, but, <laughs> you know, it's something that I was dealing with. Potentially it could be adding structure to a very chaotic time. Yeah, and, and that's something that, you know, I've never tried to hide in who I am, you know, and, and I, I'm not... I, I need routine and, you know, I actually celebrate routine, so it's fine. I, I'm mad for routine. <laughs> <laughs> so setting yourself goals each day and having your routine was a way of, uh, I guess, returning yourself to life. At what point did you feel like you were you again? Oh, uh, yeah, quite a while, quite a while, um, a couple of years. And, and you know... The reason it takes that time is because you're reflecting when you're trying to be the best father that you can be. Um, you're trying to focus on work as well. But what it churns in your mind the entire time, what did I do wrong? Mm-hmm. How does it work? How did this happen to me? And you work through those scenarios. If you are open enough, um, you know, when you're in that relationship, 
potentially that could have been worked through. Um, it's it's a part of life, and that's and that you start to deal with it's a part of life, and it's not just you. And then you can you can lean on your friends and saying this is how I'm feeling and so forth. Do you reckon that people around you knew in those two years that you were still struggling? Um, some of them, some of them. You know, I will tell people how I feel, and I don't really have an issue with that mm-hmm. because I, I I can't bottle things up. It'll come out some way. Um, uh, I think some some of my good friends were really they just check in, which was brilliant and. To be honest, it could be simple as a text message, you know, hi, you know, catch up for a beer, what are you up to? And that's and that's basically all you need. It's not necessarily that discussion, it's just a recognition. Mm. But it's amazing to me that um, the there are people every day going through this sort of separation and there's often, I think, an expectation that you should sort of just shake it off and get over it, but it does take years. It, don't they say that divorce is, you know one of the most painful things you can go through. And you're also lucky to have friends to support you and it sounds like you're also very open to sharing your feelings, which not a lot of people are. There's a sense of shame quite often when a long-term relationship fails, when a marriage fails. There's a sense of shame that comes up with it and with that shame, people often don't feel empowered to be able to share what they're going through. That's why I'm here. Yeah. It's pretty simple, you know. To, to do these types of things is something that I don't traditionally do. It's something in my experience that, you know, people should talk about it more. And to remember, it's normal. I'm afraid to say it. Mm. It's normal people break up. Yeah. What other strategies did you go through to rediscover you? Yeah, uh, uh, <laughs> rediscovering me. So I would, again, I, I, what I didn't want to do after a period of time, you you always drink a bit because that's a, an easy go-to. And then all of a sudden for me, it was along the lines of becoming healthier. So, um, uh, and, the, and then it was the focus on the children. And, and my ex-wife is a fantastic, loving mother. And so... Once I thought about things like that, you know, I could start to rebuild of who I am. So the focus very much was on being the best father I could be. And then that started making me feel more um, more me. Uh, and then I've sort of delved back in what, you know, I used to like. And that was, you know, travel, um, enjoying those ex- experiences, being with friends, enjoying sports again, and then all of a sudden, you know, you would look back at old photos and go, oh, I used to love doing that. I might give that a crack again and those types of things. And then all of a sudden, life takes over. Mm. Do you feel normal now? Do you feel like you're uh, you're just you um, and you say that it's always with you, yeah. but are there moments when you kind of forget that you were well, a married person? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I think too because of, because of the um, kids – you know, that, that it's always there. It's, you know, if it was just two people and you break up, it's a scenario where, you know, you can go and live uh, separate lives. But when you do uh, have children together, you're always going to be, because we're lucky after all these years, we're able to communicate and really focus on the kids and so forth. So things like that. So there's always 
the reminder. Mm. It doesn't go away. But um, for me, it's very much along the lines of, uh, yes, I feel normal and um, I feel after those, you know, couple of years, you know, I've rebuilt and wanted to be this type of person, I suppose, yeah, and, right. and just be happy because there's no reason not to be. Mm. It, and it's not easy, right, Sam? Like it, it takes awareness, it takes time, it takes work. Yeah, it takes work. It takes work. Um, and, and being in relationship, the experience of being in relationship and the end of a relationship exposes all the different ways in which we, you know, suffer and have pain and, and feel limited and are wounded. Um, and all of these feelings, whilst they might seem that they're so awful in, at that time, but eventually we learn to recognise all of these as opportunities to learn more about ourselves. A hundred percent. It's it's And what you were talking about before too, Jamie, was along the lines of you start to rely on each other and you're trying to complete mm-hmm. each other, but the reality mm-hmm. is you've got to work on yourself. Oh, yeah. You've got to work on yourself and, you know, when you go into another relationship, you walk in eyes wide open. Yeah, yeah. Um, two people in relationship, it's like two whole planets learning to orbit each other and recognising that you yourself are a whole planet, mm-hmm. a whole human, and that no other human can make you whole, only you can. Mm. And and that's how you show up as your best self, being in relationship with someone else. That's a very adult way of having a relationship. And I don't mm. think our first serious relationships are that. Oh, no way. <laughs> I don't, we're not taught that at school. We're not taught that usually from our parents. Mm. We just immerse ourselves in this other person and dive in. And the next mm. thing we know, we don't know who we are anymore. Yeah. And I think it still happens. To, it doesn't matter how old you are. Yeah. True. So are you seeing anyone yeah. now? Yes. Yeah. yeah. And how has that been establishing that relationship? It's been great. You still have that that flurry and those wonderful early days and those halcyon days. You work on your interests and hopefully they will align with that person. And that's that's what I'm enjoying very much. It's eyes wide open and, you know, um, you have similar interests you want to do. At my age, I'm afraid there's, you know, always nine times out of 10, there's kids. So you've got to be pragmatic about that as well. Mm -hmm. Were you scared to establish a relationship with someone else? Uh, Yeah. Again? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, in in my, I've only had a couple of relationships since my marriage. I can be put that down to being busy, you know, being a parent. So that type is always fun, but then life sometimes can get in the way. Mm. Were you happy being single though? Would you have been happy trudling along being single? Uh, Yes and no, but happy to be single for the simple fact that I'm feeling comfortable with myself. Mm. So that then in my eyes allowed me to go, okay, well, maybe I can share it with someone else. So me going into this relationship um, it's along the lines of I'm feeling very comfortable about myself. I'm looking forward to it. I'm positive about it. Um, um, but because I've spent so much time by myself, that allows me to feel positive about moving forward in that relationship. Sam, is it also that because you're comfortable in yourself now that you're not expecting this other person to 
complete you? 100%. Mm. I don't have any expectations other than, um, you know, having two great people moving forward together. But do you think that that's hard to find a balance then? Because when you are wanting to form a very deep bond with someone, you, you do have to give something of yourself. 100%. So there's a balance as far as, okay, well, I am my own complete person, as are you, mm. but this is what bonds us? That initial connection. Mm. That's something that you can't write down. That's something you can't be pragmatic about. It's the spark. It's the spark, <laughs> you know. We're all searching for that, even if you've been in a long-term relationship. You know, that initial spark and those types of um, parts of your life or the start of a relationship, it's always that. And a lot of people always searching back for it as well. You're going back to that two whole planets analogy, when they learn to orbit each other, it's bigger than just the two of you. Mm-hmm. Right, so yeah. you become a little ecosystem. Yes. Now, and there's that gravitational pull, which is that connection that you're referring to. And so I find thinking about being in relationship, it's learning truly how to orbit each other in in a smooth way, where yeah. you know it's going to be a bit bumpy up and down. But what's the what's the deeper connection? And then how do you recognize that? You are your own person, your partner is their own person, but together you are more. That's very beautiful. Mm. I'll, I'll take that home and tell my husband about yep. that. He'll love that. <laughs> um, so, Sam, imagining that there are people listening right now who are in that very fresh, deeply painful separation time, what what advice would you give to them? Because I feel what I'm hearing is that... Um, Initially, you have to believe that you're still okay as a person. Yeah. Because that seems to be taken from you. Yeah. Well, look, I, I think too, if people are going through a breakup, you know, a monumental breakup, um, you, you, you nearly have to have a, a, a helicopter viewpoint and looking down and going, okay, well, what are the positives in my life? And, you know, it can be friends, it can be family. It can be the marriage that as maybe finished because I do look for me again, it took a while, but I look at it and I thought, wasn't that wonderful? And the reason for me is that three great kids, some amazing memories and all those things and friends that I've met along the way. So, but on the early days, it's, it's painful, but again, to lean, if you've got great friends, good family, uh, lean on those, focus on the important things. In my instance, it was the kids, the outlet for me, um, was, as I said initially, a couple of years at the start, but then then um, it was my outlet was the exercise. It, it could be something else. It could be meditation. It could be hiking in central Australia. Who knows? Um, but it's along those lines of trying to look look from afar to say, okay, this, this part of your life is finishing, but you still have so much to look forward to. Mm. And I think that's because we can all have... Um, you know, bad days, but the reality is, you know, life is a, a blessing. It's brilliant. Mm. And I think what you're, when you're listing those things that you could be doing, you're returning to yourself and what you spoke about right at the top here, Jamie, you're returning to yourself and understanding, well, that person isn't filling the gap for me. I can only do that myself and find the things that really fill me up, that yeah. fill fill my soul. And no that you are enough, mm. Mm. that you are enough. That's a pretty mm. massive thing. 
Oh, yeah. yeah it, it takes a very long time to sort of figure out who you are. And I, and I think we still to this day, doesn't matter how old you are. I mean, you see some people who, are, you know, uh, are younger and they're very comfortable and confident in their own skin and you say, that's your talent. Mm. To be comfortable in your own skin. And you know, it took me decades and decades and decades to figure that out. And there's no right or wrong answer. It's just feeling, okay, this is what I look like. This is how I act. This is what I do. And then all of a sudden you have that um, internal confidence of just being, okay, well, I'm fine with that. That takes a long time. I tell you what, though, you are evidence to show that it gets better. Yes, it does. It, t- it took a long time, but the reality is um, you can then recognise that we're not good together. Mm, that's pretty massive. Yeah. That realisation. Yeah. But Is that like a closure moment? As I said to you, I still think about these things, so I'm not sure closure is the right answer, but you can very much along the lines of, um, you know, I, you can't see each other together. So it's one of those areas that you go, it's it's a realisation and you go, well, that's and that's fine and to be comfortable with it as well because mm. you, 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 you can't control everything. Well, I feel like that's a that's a moment of this is me now. Yeah, this is who I am now. Yeah, yeah. Wow, I, I love this notion, Jamie. As we think about what we're giving ourselves permission today to do, of knowing that we are enough, to celebrate yourself as exactly who you are is who you're meant to be. I say that to my daughter all the time. This, what you are is how it was intended mm. and it's perfect as it is. And it is perfect. Mm. Sam, thank you so much for telling your story. I, I am really moved by it and I have huge admiration and great deep love for people who have gone through a separation and come out the other side mm. or even who are sitting in that moment, however long that lasts. It, it's... Um, It's a monumental achievement to be sitting there. Thank you. No problems. Thanks, Sam. In our next episode, we're going to talk about hard feelings. You know, the really painful ones that can sometimes just stop us in our day and kind of keep us from even functioning as we need to as workers or parents or in our relationships. So we're going to learn why emotions can flood us. At times, it seems just out of nowhere. And we explore what we can do with those feelings so that maybe they hurt a little less. That's in the next episode of Best of You. Best of You was created in collaboration with The House of Wellness. Written and presented by me, Joe Stanley, and my co-host, Dr. Jamie Lee, executive producer, Alex Mitchell, and audio production by Nicola Sitch. Listener.